and fire and getting people pumped up for the day and age that we are living in. And that seems to always come out. But there's also a place where we need to be instructed the word of God. If you haven't been here the last couple Sunday mornings, you need to make sure you go online or you get those CDs. Pastor's been teaching us on the authority of the believer. In this day and hour that we live in, we need to know our authority. We need to know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We need to know that we have been given the name above every name. That at the wonderful name of Jesus, even demons are subject to that name. And there is another weapon that we're going to talk about tonight that we have been given as the body of Christ, and that is the blood. Everybody say there's power power. in the blood of Jesus. There's lots of people out there right now. You know, it's been an election year. There's lots of sources, lots of people, lots of politicians that are out there claiming, I have the power. Kind of strutting around. I got the power to bring change. Well, you know, we're thankful for what people can do and we need to pray. We need to vote. All of those things which we are doing. But there is no person, there's no political party, there's no source that can really bring change to a nation except the Lord God Almighty. Amen. And there is no power that contains the power that the blood of Jesus does. How many of you are saved in here tonight? Aren't you thankful that you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb? You know, there's some religious people that a few years ago, there was this thing that was going around that, oh, we shouldn't be singing songs about the blood. It'll scare the kids. Don't talk so much about Jesus dying on the cross. That's gruesome. That's brutal. But you know, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. We have to know what Jesus did for us. And I, for one, grew up in church singing songs about the blood. How many of you know? the song there is power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb how how about what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus then what about the blood will never lose its power the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary The blood, it gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Everybody say it again. There's power in the blood. There's life giving power in the blood. Hallelujah. Singing those songs about the blood didn't scare me, but I'll tell you who it does scare. It scares the devil. He's the one that doesn't like for the church to make much of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus hung on that cross, every drop of blood that was being shed, the devil didn't know it yet, but it was saying, you're defeated. You are defeated. Those stripes upon his back when he took those and that blood poured out of those wounds upon his back every drop of blood said my people are healed there's a covenant being made it's a covenant of blood and in that covenant is healing it's prosperity it's peace it's wholeness it's soundness the devil's the one that gets scared 
and flees as in terror. When we make much of the blood, the blood will make much of us. Amen. So I've been meditating again on how much power there is in the blood. And I thought tonight I'd give you 25 things. No, not 25, but there really are a lot. I'm going to give you a few, though. I'm going to talk probably about four or five things that the blood speaks to us. You know, even in the natural, our blood, if you go to the doctor and you're not sure what's going on, or maybe just go in for a checkup, what's one of the first things that they do? They draw blood. Because the blood panel will tell them where your cholesterol level is. The blood help panel will tell them if you're an anemic. The blood panel will tell them how many chocolate chip cookies you ate last night, that cheesy pizza that you ate. Well, maybe not all that, but it tells them. The blood panel speaks, doesn't it? It speaks of what's going on in our physical body. Well, you know what this is? This is a printout. The Word of God is a printout of what Jesus' blood speaks to us today. His blood is speaking to us. Every time we plead the blood, every time we make much of the blood, it speaks of what Jesus has done for us. Let me just give you these eight things that we'll be covering over. it probably take us a couple of Sunday nights. We're going to be talking about there's redemption in the blood. There's reconciling power in the blood. There's cleansing power in the blood. There's pacifying power in the blood. There's keeping power in the blood. There's emboldening power. And I love these last two. There's protecting power and there is overcoming power in the blood of the lamb. Aren't you glad that we are protected by the blood of the lamb? Aren't you glad that the Bible says in Revelation, they overcame him, that devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So we're going to start out tonight. We're going to talk about redemption. Before God ever created Adam and Eve, he knew that they would fall because he's God. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the middle. He knows everything. He knew Adam would fall. But before he ever created him or formed him, he foreordained a plan of redemption. He had a plan to bring man back into relationship with himself. God never plays catch up with the devil When Adam fell, God didn't go, oh, no, oh, no, I didn't see that coming. Oh, no, the devil hasn't up one up on us. The devil's one, what, oh, Holy Ghost, whatever are we going to do? We've lost man. No, he had a plan and he knew that that plan of redemption would require a redeemer. And he had one in mind, his precious son. Look at first Peter chapter one. We're going to look at a lot of verses tonight. So if you didn't bring the, your Bible, hopefully they'll have them up on the blessed throne over there, whatever it is. First Peter one, verse 18 and 19 in the King James. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed 
with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19. But, everybody read that with me. I like that. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Redeemed literally means this, bought back. It means that the Redeemer pays a price worthy to reclaim something previously owned. That's what Jesus did. God created mankind, but mankind fell. So Jesus stepped to center stage and he said, I'll be the Redeemer. I'll pay the price to buy them back. And he did. And he is our Redeemer. We couldn't be bought, like this scripture says, with anything corruptible. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver is his. The gold is his. Don't you think if something natural like that would have bought our redemption, he would have given Satan the pearly gates if that would have satisfied it. But it had to be something incorruptible. And the only thing worthy of redeeming mankind was blood. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Christ gave his life's blood to buy us out of sin and death. His blood is a worthy price and it provides an imperishable bond between God and man. Satan can't accuse God of saying, Well, you got man back illegally. No, the blood was enough. Before Jesus came and offered this supreme sacrifice, God established the law. It was a, a, it was a shadow of what Jesus was going to do. And it was a way that God could have fellowship and contact with his people. But a major component in the Old Testament was they always had to sacrifice blood of goats and animals. And it had to be the best animal that they had. It had to be their little favorite sheep. They had to give Fluffy the one that was their favorite that didn't have any spots and didn't have any blemishes. Pick out the best one and make that sacrifice. Talks about it here in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 in the Amplified. In fact, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. Remission literally means this, to send away, to release from bondage. Aren't you thankful that when Jesus died for us, our sins were sent away. Our, we were released from the captivity and the bondage of sin. The yoke of the enemy was broken off of our lives when we received the Lord Jesus Christ. There's power in the blood. There's redeeming power 
in the blood of the lamb. When the enemy lies and he accuses you, well, you're not this and you're not that. You're never going to measure up. You say, I am the redeemed and I am saying so. I have been bought with the greatest price ever. I've been bought with the blood of the spotless, sinless lamb, the son of the living God. I'm redeemed and I am declaring it. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Redeemed and forever. His child and forever I am. Hallelujah. That's who we are. The redeemed. We shouldn't be talking about I'm under the curse. All this stuff that has been in my family. This disease that's been in my family. This mental torment. This spirit of poverty that's been in my family. Don't buy into that. That's operating under the curse. But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. You put those two scriptures together. And that ought to be part of your daily confession. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. What's in the curse? Deuteronomy 28 lists all the things that are in the curse. Part of it is, is we're redeemed from sickness and disease. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And then another characteristic of the blood, reconciling power. Reconcile means this, to settle, to bring back. They're closely related, but we need to realize not only did Jesus redeem us out of sin, but he reconciled us to God. He put us in right standing with our father, God. Let's look over in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll look at verse 12 through 14. We're going to be looking at the word of God tonight because this needs to be branded on the inside of us. Why is it so important in this day and hour that we meditate on the power in the blood? Because there's a lot of evil powers out there that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But we have to know that the greater one lives on the inside of me. And I'm not going to be subject to monsters and, and demons. There's all sorts of blood and guts and gore and awful things happening out there in the world around Halloween people just go crazy but you know what we need to know what we have we're redeemed we are redeemed and there is power in the blood of the lamb we need to be under the blood under the blood stay under the blood the cleansing protecting overcoming flood of the blood amen hallelujah Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 that at that time ye were without Christ, being in aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Do you remember when you didn't know Jesus? It wasn't a good place to be. There's no hope. People that are out there in the world are hopeless. They might act like they have it all together, but if you're not in relationship with your creator and you don't have the peace 
peace of God that passeth all understanding. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You're hopeless. But that's not us. Because of the blood, we're reconciled. Because of the blood, some things have been settled. And we're in right standing with God. And we have boldness, hallelujah, to come before the throne room of grace. We can draw nigh, not because of us, not because of our worthiness. We're not, none of us are worthy in ourselves. None of us are righteous in ourselves, but oh, the blood. We look better when we're cleansed by the blood. I can guarantee you that. And that's what this scripture is saying. Once we were outsiders looking in. But now let's read on in verse 14. For he is our peace who hath made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. I don't think I read verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. There's a lot of people that are born again today that once they were far off. I mean, some of them were far out, strung out on drugs and doing all sorts of crazy things far out and far off. But praise God now, now we can come nigh because of the blood. Man was created by God for fellowship. Sin caused a wall, a barrier, but the blood destroyed that wall. When Jesus died on the cross in the Holy of Holies, they had a thick curtain that kept the people couldn't go behind that wall, that curtain. Behind that curtain was the Ark of the Covenant. Only the priests could go back there. But when Jesus died on that day, that curtain, the Bible says, was ripped from top to bottom. What did that signify? Those that are washed in the blood now can come into the Holy of Holies. We can come before the throne room of grace justified just as if I never sinned before because of his precious blood. Now let's read on down here in verse 18. For through him, we both have Access, I like that word, access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. I like that word, access. Have you ever tried to maybe get into a site on the computer? Not a bad site. Someone, maybe your bank account or something. Pastor and I, we have joint things on a lot of stuff. And when we were first getting our computers set up, he went in, he got his first. He's, he's a computer genius. I'm still catching up with him. But in a lot of our accounts and a lot of our stuff, he put in passwords. But he didn't write them down. And he's not like me. You know, I keep it simple. I use the same password, whether good or bad. I have like two that I use. But I remember getting so frustrated, maybe trying to get in iTunes. Access denied. 
Can't purchase anything. Wrong password. <laughs> Honey, what's the password? Uh, I don't know. Try this. Try that. Three or four down the line, and it's still access denied. It's frustrating when you want to get in something, and access is denied. But you know what Jesus did for us? The blood of the Lamb is our access code. And all we have to say is, I plead the blood. When the devil says you're not righteous, when the devil says you're an unworthy worm, God doesn't love you. You don't deserve to come to the throne room. Look what you did. Look what you said. Oh, you're such a loser. To stand up in his face and say, I plead the blood. We're not saved by our own works or our own righteousness, are we? It's the blood that gives us access and made us citizens of heaven. Then there's more about the blood. I'm excited about all that the blood of Jesus has done for us. Cleansing power. Woo, we ought to shout on that one. Cleansing power. Under the old covenant, once again, they continually had to sacrifice animals. It was necessary for the cleansing of the people. But his blood justified that cry, hallelujah, for justification. His blood paid the penalty. We're in Hebrews, or we were. Let's go back over to Hebrews chapter 7. Look at verse 25. Oh, I'm glad I have access, free access. And there's no place in heaven. There's no storage in heaven. There's no room in heaven that you can go as a blood-bought child of God and it say access denied. No, you can't go into that healing room. You're going you're gonna to die young. You can't go there. No, you can't be blessed. You can't prosper. Access denied. Absolutely not. The blood gets us all that we need. Our full inheritance. Make much of the blood. And the blood will make much of you. This is what they used to have to go through. In Hebrews chapter 7. We'll look at verse 25. Wherefore he's able also to save them to the uttermost. That come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth. To make intercession for them. Then look down at verse 27 in the Amplified. This is talking about how the priest had to continually offer sacrifice. But verse 27 in the Amplified says, He has no day-by-day necessity to do these things as other high priests did, to offer sacrifice, first of all, for his own personal sins, and then for those of the people, because he met all the requirements. Everybody say that. He met all the requirements once and for all he brought himself as a sacrifice which he offered up he met the requirements no one else could do nothing else would do but jesus stepped 
to the forefront. He said, I'll go. I'll be their redeemer. I'm spotless. I'm sinless. And I qualify to buy them back. He met the requirements once and for all. Thank God that we don't have to live under the old covenant. You know, it's great. The stories that we read about under the old covenant with Elisha and Elisha and Moses. And those were awesome, wonderful events. But I'm so glad that I don't have to go and bring a lamb every time I sin. My goodness. I mean, you know, not me, but some of you, you'd have to go into the livestock business. You'd have to have a whole herd. If you had to go sacrifice every time you messed up and just think about it, you know, you go into the temple, you do your sacrifice. Okay, I'm good. I'm cleansed. You're walking out of the tabernacle, run into sister so-and-so. Oh, brother, I got to go back to the stockyards, get another lamb to send again. But Jesus met the requirement once and for all. We don't have to bring lambs and sheep and cows as sacrifices. Glory to God. His blood is enough. His blood forever cries out. They're redeemed. They're reconciled. They're cleansed. They're washed. Hallelujah. Of course, we are going to miss it still. We get born again and there's power in the blood. But is there anybody in here that since you've been a Christian, you've not ever sinned? Mm-hmm. You raising your hand? No. Just checking. <laughs> but the wonderful thing about the blood of Jesus is it contains continuous cleansing power. We have an advocate if we do miss it. First John 1, 9. Every Christian ought to know this verse. Every Christian probably uses this verse quite a bit. That page isn't stuck together in your Bible, I'm sure. It's kind of worn. What does it say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and do what? And do what? And do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're talking about the blood of the lamb contains cleansing power. And there is continual cleansing power in the blood of the lamb. There's nothing that we can do that the power in the blood doesn't cleanse. If we will come and if we will confess our sins. Sin is really a violation of light. So when we receive light on a subject from the word of God and we don't walk in that light, then that is sin. And we as Christians are not supposed to be walking in darkness. We're going to walk in the light that we have received. Amen. And we're not going to practice sin as a habitual way of life. I don't believe anybody in here, you're born again, but you said, okay, I got my fire insurance. I know I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm going to go out and live like the devil all week and then just run 
in here real quick on Sunday morning and confess and I'll be okay for another week. It doesn't work that way. We are not ones that want to live in darkness. We're children of the light. Look what it says. We'll back up to verse 7 of that same chapter. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. What does it do? It cleanses us from all sin, walking in the light and confessing our sin. When we do miss it, then what happens? That blood is continually cleansing us and keeping us in that place of what rich fellowship with him And with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Thank God for the cleansing power in the blood. If we missed it, which we all have. I've done this for years. I heard Billy Brim give this illustration. It's always helped me. If we miss it, we run to him and we jump in God's washing machine. God has a washing machine and in that washing machine is the greatest cleansing agent and spot remover that ever there was. It's filled with the blood. Jump in the washing machine and just watch it agitate you, you know, not agitate you, but on that agitation cycle, the blood is washing away every stain. The blood is washing away guilt. And condemnation. Because when you do miss it, you know, the devil likes to hit you over the head. And why'd you do that? Why'd you say that? Oh, man, you're such a lousy Christian. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, I'm under the blood, the precious blood. I'm under the cleansing blood. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I might have stepped out of the light for a minute, but I'm being washed in the blood. And I'm drawing nigh. Hallelujah. I'm being cleansed. I'm being reconciled. Oh, the blood of the lamb is making me whiter than snow. There's not a spot. There's not a spot and there's not a stain from our past that'll stay attached to us in God's washing machine filled with the blood of the lamb. The devil likes to bring up stuff from our past and try to stain you with that. Ooh, that big old fat stain is right there on your robe of righteousness. You old sinner, you did this, you did that. No, I'm washed in the blood of the lamb. I'm on God's spin cycle now. Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, that's the happy cycle. After you get agitated for a while, washing all that stuff away, then woo. Woo. You start getting real happy on the spin cycle. Hallelujah. I hope that illustration sticks with you like it has with me for years and years and years. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to look at one last thing that the blood speaks to us. The blood speaks of pacifying power. Now, when I first heard that, when I first saw that minister sharing that, I'm thinking pacifying power. What could that mean the first thing I thought of was a baby with a pacifier. <laughs> Sucking away on that pacifier. 
You know, we have our little granddaughter's about three and a half, but finally, she finally, she finally gave up her pacifier. But it was a deal. I mean, any time she'd get upset, any time she'd get sleepy, she wanted the pacifier. And you know, that makes sense because this is what the word pacify means. To alleviate distress. To bring calm. To bring calm. When we know that we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, when we know that we are protected by the power in the blood, we can be calm. We can be stress-free in a world that's full of stress, in a world that's full of anxiety. There are uptight, stressed out people all over the place but shouldn't be us when we're walking in the revelation of what the blood of the lamb did for us we're pacified if you have to see that just see yourself sucking on a pacifier i'm calm i have no stress what brings you peace thinking about the blood Oh, the blood that the devil can't cross the bloodline. I'm protected. There's a bloodline around me and my family and all that I own. And it brings me great peace. No stress here. There's no greater stress on people than being unsure of their eternal destination. The way things are in the world right now and prophecies about, you know, in December 2012, we're out of here. The world's over. We're going to get nuked and all of this stuff. There's no peace in all of that. I mean, even the media, even, you know, I don't know what movie it was. We were at some movie and some preview about some guy making, I don't know what show it was, a preview of some movie, making light. Well, if the world's going to end in December 2012, we might as well go do this, go do that. But that, you know, making light of it. But really, if people believe that, they're not very happy. They're not very stress-free. Sin, not being in right relationship with God, brings torment. It doesn't bring peace. Wrong living. If we are born again and we're not living according to the word of God, that doesn't bring peace. It brings torment. But being born again, being washed in the blood, alleviates torment and brings peace. Why? Because we're assured that we are in right standing with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't believe it's going to happen. But if this earth did blow up. I know where I'm going to be. How about you? Yeah. I'm going up. Yeah. If tragedy happens. Which I don't believe it's going to happen. Folks don't buy into that. God is not going to pour out his wrath. On his people. Their things are going to get worse in the world. Of course they are. But not for us. They're going to get brighter. Hallelujah. And then we're going to go up. Hallelujah. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me? 
He's gone to prepare a mansion for us. The very absolute worst thing that could happen for a blood-bought child of God is, boop, hey, I'm in heaven. What's so terrible about that? But I don't believe that that's going to happen. We're going to live long and we're going to finish strong. We're under the blood, the precious blood, under the saving, keeping blood. Jesus, keep me from day to day under your cleansing blood. Amen. That's who we are. Listen to this scripture in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. And God purposed that through, by the service, the intervention of the Son... All things should be completely reconciled back to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as through him, the father made peace by means of the blood of his cross. We have peace because of what Jesus did. Jesus is the prince of peace. When we invited him into our lives, we have peace that passeth all understanding. The peace of God that passeth all understanding. What's it going to do? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, pacifying power in the blood, bringing calm to a stressful age, to a stressful time. But I got the Prince of Peace on the inside of me. The one who speaks to the storm. Certainly we're going to face difficulty. Certainly storms are going to come to all of our lives. But we have the one on the inside of us that said, peace be still. And the storm ceased. The waves stopped and the, we- the wind stopped and the waves were calm. Pacifying power through the blood of the prince of peace. Certainly there's turmoil, there's torment, there's distress, raging in the world. But because of the work of Calvary, the precious shed blood of Jesus, we are at peace. Everybody say, I'm at peace. peace. We're safe. Say, I am safe. I am am secure. I am am an overcomer. Because of the power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, let's just thank Him. Oh, Lord. Lord, we thank You. 